This is the No Swear Gamer from YouTube and the Atari 1700 Game by Game podcast, and you are listening to the podcasting pride of the Smoky Mountains, the Two Dudes in a Ness, with your hosts, Dude Michael and Dude Justin. Justin. What's up, man? You ready to talk about a game that's super sexies? <laughs> Zexies. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna call yeah. it sexies all night long. Yeah, well, there's some parts in it that's kind of like it's, it's a little racy. Yeah, yeah. It's a little uh, racy. Yeah. So we're two yeah. dudes in an S, and we're gonna get real, real sexies tonight. And we're gonna talk about <laughs> The game, Sexies. I have no idea how this yeah. is pronounced, by the way. I don't know whose idea this was to, to do this game. Well, actually, dude I bag. Do. It was Dude Bag. It was Dude Bag. It's exactly who it was. Well, I have dude no bags. doubt in my mind that his his whole premise behind us doing this was because he wanted to hear us try to pronounce it. I think it had to be. Um, so according to, to the pronunciation on um, Wikipedia, it is pronounced Zexies. 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 Okay, Zexies. And I got a theory on this. It's because it's a Hudson Soft game. Uh huh. And it's a B, so it's Z, Z, Zexies. I don't know. This is like Zexies. Lame joke. Lame joke. I already started off with a lame joke. Also, yeah, I'm not going to be able to talk about this game with my teeth in, so let me take those out real quick. Oh yeah, that's gonna be really bad. Yeah, yeah, with the, with the, uh, the little the the braces thing, the clear braces, you get the little lisp anyway, you know. Yep. And uh, trying to say this game with a lisp is definitely difficult. <clears throat> yeah. So now I'm ready to go. Teeth are out, and now I can talk about Zexies. Did you ever do this thing when you were a kid where you were like, see what it'd be like if you talked without lips? I think every kid does that, right? You just like fold your lips in. I don't and see if you can talk. I don't think I've done that. I've I've seen what it was like to like gum food before. I was curious, like what it'd be like if I had no teeth and I tried to gum my food. What you know? It's kind of like you know. uh, Think Jim Carrey as Fire Marshal Bill. You know? Yeah. He's got the the gums up and the teeth sticking out. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. So. uh, I think if you talk like that, you know, it's sexies. It'd be, yeah. It's like Fire Marshal Bill saying sexies, right? Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I think it would really chat my lips if uh, I tried to do that. Yeah. Too. Yeah, that's true. But Fire Marshal Bill was a great character. Agreed. That Premise. whole, like, in living color was really classic. Yeah. Could I you imagine, like, half the skits they did back in the day if they tried to do them now? Like, how much controversy there'd be around it. Oh, yeah. There's no way they can get away with the majority of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. It would all be yeah. racist and who knows yeah. what else. Yeah. And but, in the perfect honesty, it probably was. I mean, yeah. Just nobody was paying much attention at the time. But back then, we could laugh about it. Not <laughs> exactly. Get offended. So. But it oh, is well. what it is. 
All right, you ready? It's to... a wild world. It's a wild world. I'll tell you. I got one more tangent before okay, we get sure, started. Okay, sure. No. This is no. This is this is this is not a political comment at all. But you know, I was I'm, I'm, I was flipping through the news like on the uh, Apple News. You know, yes, mm-hmm. is over the weekend. And I'm like, here's here's a picture, right, of our of the president of the United States, whether Trump or not. It's like if you had said ten years ago, Donald Trump's going to be the president of the United States, nobody would have believed it, right? The other thing is he's standing there playing golf with Kid Rock, and Kid Rock is wearing American flag pants. Okay, and I'm just thinking. This is just this is just this is so surreal to see this image <laughs> in the news. <laughs> I got nothing wrong you with know? it. You know? I, I, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. It's just it's just like wow. What a what a world. But anyway. We do live in a wacky world. It is. Some would say hey. it's a very sexy world. Would you think do you, what he would? We never really talked about the Simpsons predicting the Donald Trump presidency. But they one hundred percent did. I don't think we have, okay. and they hundred percent did, and they not only did it, but they did it in like surprisingly accurate fashion. Like they even got the like how he would announce. It's almost to me like Donald Trump saw that episode of The Simpsons and made it a self fulfilling prophecy. Maybe it's like. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it exactly like that. Or maybe he was in cahoots with the Simpsons. Maybe. This is all a big elaborate plan. He knew he wouldn't be able to get the presidency unless the Simpsons hinted at it first and made right. it kind of normalize it just a little bit. Just a tad. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anyway, let's move on. Okay. I will, don't worry. There'll be plenty of other opportunities for tangents in this episode. I oh, I know there will be. Especially since, and I guess we need to apologize to everybody because we, we missed our two-week window. Because Yeah. So that being said, there'll be a lot of tangents because Justin and I haven't actually talked in like three weeks now. It seems like. We've been, I've been living in the filth of the flu. Yeah. Me too. Well, I got sick. You got sick. Your whole family's been yeah. sick. It's just been yeah. a bad, bad time. Been a rough, been a rough go. But, but we're back, and now we're going to talk about Zexies. Do you yep. have some history for us? Now it's time for Justin's historical tidbits and trivia. Time to get out your D-pad notepads because you're about to get schooled by the doctor. Now, I do have some history, and... While I do like the name, the Americanized name of Zexies, and yes, that is the Americanized name. This is this is quite possibly the best name of a video game ever in the Japanese version. Okay. Have you, have you read this? No, have you read this? I have not. I've not. I try. I try to avoid it so that I can be super surprised when you talk about it. The name in Japanese is it's Kame no. Angeshi Yoroshima Densitsu, which oh, yeah. is translated to Turtles Repayment Yoroshima <laughs> Legend. <laughs> what? <laughs> Turtles Repayment, huh? Yeah, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing. So, what is this Yoroshima? So, Yoroshima is a protagonist, apparently, in a Japanese fairy tale. 
um, who's like a fisherman, and what he does is uh, uh, he ends up getting lost at sea, and he rescues a turtle. And for rescuing the turtle, he like uh, he, he like gets transported 300 years in the future. Wildest story ever. And what that has to do with anything that takes place in this game, as we will talk about in the gameplay later, is beyond me. <laughs> but apparently, something about this fairy tale has to do with this game. I don't know where that connection is, but um, it, it it's apparently there is connection. Apparently, the Japanese version maybe has a stronger tie to it than the Americanized version that we played. But uh, it seems very weird that uh, that that's kind of what this game was based on. So, yeah. Hmm. Anyway, that's uh, it's a bit wild. It's a bit wild that the game in Jap in, in Japanese is a, is Turtles Repayment, Yurashima Legend about a Japanese fairy tale, and then on the cover of the American version is Zexy's The Space Action Adventure. Those two titles don't seem to add up together, right? Not at all. What does the Japanese cover look like? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I need to look that up. Um, because that, that would be interesting. It's probably a turtle. Yeah, look uh, it up. I'll so, look it up. Um, but anyway, this is a 1988 video game that was published by Hudson Soft and developed by Atlas. Um and it was released on the Nintendo Entertainment System in 1990, however. So it was released in Japan in 1988, came to the United States two years later. Um, it never made it to Europe. Fooey on Europe, right? Yeah, big time. Yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, that's that's about it. I just, this this whole fairy tale thing has just really got me shook. I gotta yeah. be, I gotta be honest. You can't come up with anything else for the history just because this fairy tale has just got you all out yeah, of sorts. Yeah, it's got me all, yeah. Yeah. I understand. So, the Japanese the box, box art, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Let's, let me see if I can share it to you. I can't share it to the world here, but I'll share it to you at least. Oh, you got it pulled up there. No, I'm doing it. Who's doing it? No, Am I doing it? I don't have it. Book. Try that. Who's it? Who's on first? Wow, that's working out great. All right, I give up. I, can't I can remember. see. Oh, no, I see it now. Okay, there you go. So it it does have a turtle flying through uh-huh. there, uh, and it's got uh, huh. the princess girl in it, uh, and it's it's like very anime on the cover. It's actually really really pretty sweet cover, I think. It's actually actually cooler than the other. Um, yeah, the other one's really boring. That, yeah, and that is a turtle just sailing through the air. Yes. It's a flying turtle. It's like a, a very small turtle sailing through the air. Yep. So, anyway. Anyway, okay. So, that's it for the history. So, did you... Yeah, I'm, I'm wrapping it up. You okay. can't beat that. Um, did you have this game? Or did you go on a quest to find this game? Now it's time for the thrill of 8-Bit Discovery with Michael's quest to find the cart. Well, it's funny that you should mention uh, the story about the turtle because I had no idea mm-hmm. about that t- 
turtle story that you mentioned, you know, earlier. Um, but my own personal experience with getting this game, uh, I was out fishing, me and my wife, you know, as we do here in Tennessee, you do a lot of, mm-hmm. do a lot of fishing. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, we we're catching some smallmouth, uh, you know, some crappie here and there. And lo and behold, we captured a turtle. Not a snapping turtle, just like a regular old, just a you know, mm. turtle. And um, so we got this turtle, and I was like, well, we could take it home. We could make some turtle soup, or, you know, we could, yeah, we could do all <laughs> kinds of stuff with this turtle. And the turtle looked up at my wife with these little puppy dog eyes, which is surprising because it's a turtle, but it did. It looked up at her, and she said, we can't, we can't get, we can't cook this turtle. We're going to throw it back. So I said, mm-hmm. okay, we'll throw it back. So we threw it back in the water, and after it went into the water, it came back out of the water, and it had pulled something out of the bottom of the lake, a copy of Sexies. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Give me that. Yep. No, actually, yeah. that's not the real story. I'm sorry. The real story is uh, I grabbed this game in a lot. I think it was maybe on eBay, but I remember it came with a bunch of other games. And I honestly never played it until we went to go do it for the show because uh-huh. the the art for the game is just not enticing at all. <clears throat> you know? Mm, yeah. Like yeah. the the cover of the game is just, it's boring. It's just says sexies. So, I mean, it yeah. says Hudson Soft, sexies, and it has some stars. So I right. had no interest in playing this game whatsoever. Even though I had it in my collection, I just, I didn't want to play it. So... Anyways, that's a that's a pretty boring uh, story, uh, but uh, you know, the real story is boring. The fake story, the fake story is what's <laughs> Right. Well, I liked it. I liked it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So, all right. Speaking of turtle, there's a lot of hot turtle talk in this episode. I am actually, I actually have a a tortoise in my house currently. Oh, really? A, like a large a one. A sulcata tortoise. No, it's less than a year old. So it's about the size. Uh, he's about 80 grams. So he's about... Uh, I'm trying to think of something that could tell you he's the size You weigh of. your turtle in grams? I don't. It's not my turtle. I don't weigh him. But uh, my friend who I am turtle sitting for. <laughs> and so this, he's about the... You know, like the bottom of a... Maybe like a Coke can, you know, about that round. Yeah. He's about that big. Do you have him in like a terrarium or is he just walking around the house? Yeah, he's in. Yeah, no, he's in a terrarium uh, over there. So he's really cool because he's like, he's a cicada t- tortoise, but you can look him up and they're like, he's like, a, he's a baby. He's really small, but he looks like one of those like really old man tortoises that you see like at the zoo, you know? How do you spell that? I have no idea how to spell that. For the listeners it's, out there who need to look it up. S-U-L-C-A-T-A. Sulca turtle. Sulcata turtle. Tortoise. They're tortoises. And so... um, Okay. But anyway. They can get... I mean, they get up to like 100 pounds. They get big. So this thing's going to outlive your friend, right? Yeah, basically. They can live to be like 100 yeah, well, that would be weird to have a pet that outlives you. Yeah, you like hand it down to your kids. <laughs> yeah, 
How's that for a, uh, <laughs> like a, a put that in your wheel? Here, kid, you have to take care of my tortoise. Yeah, yeah, and they get big, and like you have to keep them like in the backyard, eventually, you know. And like, like my friend, you know, he's talking like when whenever he gets big. I mean, obviously, he's years away. They they grow very slowly, uh-huh. but uh, you know, he'll have to like have like a little house with a heat lamp in it, and then you know, it just be like in the backyard, just hanging out. Like a like dog, dog house or something. Yeah, it's just like a dog. What is what do they eat? Grass? Uh well yeah, they do. They eat so, grass. So will your friend vegetarian. never have to mow? Well, I mean I guess he'd have to mow like one half of the yard because it'd yeah. take a t- take the tortoise a while to get over there and then like he could mow right. the grass. Right. Um they eat so you know what they love, actually? They love dandelions. Ooh. So if you got a lot of dandelions, you want I need a tortoise them. bad then. Yeah. Yeah. So they're great for that. They love dandelions. They eat any kind of fruits and veggies, but I've got tortoise food that I give them. So, so since hmm. he's little, that is uh, that is fascinating. Yeah, it's really he's really neat looking. Uh, hold on, I've got to go on. Did the tortoise just attack your daughter? Yeah, he better. No, <laughs> um, they're they're really fascinating and. Like I said, it's they're really neat looking because you know I guess growing up in Tennessee, like we just had like snapping turtles, fox turtles every now and then, you know. And uh, this thing looks like, like I said, he looks like an old turtle that you would see at a zoo, but he's like tiny. Huh. Well, so, but don't. I can't imagine enjoying the Kentucky climate. Wouldn't it want to be like so, in a desert yeah, area or something? Yeah, so they're from the yeah, so they're from the desert. You have to, so he has a, a heat lamp, so his cage stays between ninety and hundred degrees, all the time. Hmm. Yeah, that's why if you have them in the backyard, like you, they'll they're pretty hardy, and so like if you think like the desert gets cold at night. Yeah, and so they actually burrow at night, sometimes. So they dig really dig holes in your yard. That'd be great. Yeah. Not if they have a heat lamp, like a little house, they can get in and get warm. Okay. So we're talking about domesticated. You know, actually, I was reading about this. You're not supposed to, like, I mean, we all did this as kids because I did it as a kid, and I'm sure you did. But you're not supposed to take turtles from the wild and and keep them as pets. You sh- if you want a turtle for a pet, you're supposed to only get uh, captive bred. Really? Because... They'll like really stress out and die. Turtles are like notorious to just die. They get stressed out. That explains a lot about Donatello. Did you have a turtle named Donatello? I had a, I had a turtle named Donatello when I was a kid. Did it die? It died. <laughs> yeah. Apparently it's stress. <laughs> I, so. stre- I stressed Donatello out. <laughs> it probably didn't help that I was like five years old and I tried to carry him around everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. I feel bad now. I had a turtle, a box turtle, and my parents, I think, let it loose one night and then told me it got loose. So. You mean they? That was my. They let it loose while you were uh, away at like summer camp, so that it had time yeah. to finally get away. Otherwise, you just wake right. up in the morning and made it halfway down the driveway. <laughs> Or my dad just took it to the like the fence in the backyard, and just threw it out in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no! Took it, took it out to the farm like my dad did with all our cats. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, time to go to the farm. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. People think that's a joke. That's real. Taking taking oh, no. animals to the farm. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, right. That's fascinating. Thank you for that. That that really broke up the monotony of sexies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that we haven't even started talking about yet. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. Okay. Hey, but first, let's take a break. And right. by break, I mean uh, like an, a sponsorship segment, but we're not allowed to say that anymore because apparently we don't always have sponsorships. And like an idiot, I've been telling everybody that we're going to the sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes we just come back without a sponsor. So sorry, everybody. From now on, I'm just going to say we're going to take a break. So let's take a little break. All right. Time to dig in to some good old-fashioned game discussion. Yeah. Let's talk about sexies. I keep calling it sexies, yeah. and I'm so sorry to anybody out there. I know it's family friendly, but uh, it's hard. Well, to that's resist. what it's called, though. That's the name of the game, sexies. Yeah, we can't help it. If you want to blame anybody, blame dude bag. Yeah, blame dude bag. It's all his fault. He's yeah. the one that's got us talking all about sexies. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that 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 may be the last time I do it. Probably not. I can't think of a better right. way to start talking about Zexies than uh, with the main. I like it. Okay. So, Are you talking about the operation manual? I'm talking about the operation manual. This may be the first manual we've ever come across it's referred to as the operation manual. <laughs> and there's also, I don't know what copy you're looking at on the PDF, but uh, there's a good, nice little stain on the bottom of it. <laughs> I was about to say, yours, does yours have pee stains? Because mine does. <laughs> They took it to the bathroom as they were going to the bathroom to read. <laughs> Apparently, things got it, a little out of control. It was a little boy who decided he wanted to take it to the bathroom while he, and but he, instead of reading it like sitting down, he just stood there and read it, and maybe, maybe had caught a wild hair while he was going at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those, you know, when you're when you're going when you're urinating and you get that kind of cold chill because you you know you've held it for so long and you get that cold chill because it feels so good, you know. To yeah. Relieve, and then it just kind of goes a little, little haywire there. Yeah, I've been there, or maybe it's like first thing in the morning, which I won't go any further <laughs> on that one. This is gonna be, this is gonna have to send their family friendly for this episode, maybe. Hold if, your ears. <laughs> all right. Okay. Anyways, <clears throat> thank you. You have just made a perfect choice by selecting and purchasing the quality Hudson Soft product. Thank you for selecting Zexies. In order to ensure your full enjoyment of this game, we recommend that you read this manual carefully and follow its instructions and suggestions. Especially the next page. Especially the next... I'm putting X's everywhere now. I just said <laughs> X, especially. That's just that's what this game will do to you. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, next page. Warning. Warning, 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 warning. Because this is a precision tool device, do not use or store it in extreme temperature conditions and avoid hard shocks. You cannot put this cartridge in your turtle house with the heat lamp. What is a hard shock? <laughs> I, have, I have questions about hard shocks. Yeah. I don't know what a hard shock is. Well, it could be an electrical shock. 
or it could be like a, a hitting it with a hammer maybe that would be a hard shock uh, anyways, that's uh, that's enough of that stuff. Let's talk about the story, because that's where things really get interesting. I've got one more thing. There's so many warnings on video games about benzene. Did Was benzene like a really popular thing back when we were growing up? Yeah, they, think? it was like a paint thinner. A cleaner. They used, they used it to clean stuff. They don't really use it anymore. Uh, it's not really all that safe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially not for your, for your uh, NES cartridge. I just want to know who's running around needing to clean their NES cartridges so much. <laughs> with benzene, with paint thinner. Yeah, I don't know. Well, anyway, all right, I let's guess, get to the story. I guess instead of blowing on it, they thought it would be a good idea to clean it with benzene instead. All right, here we go. Now, this, this story kind of, this story may hit home, may hit close to home for some people if they're afraid of... You know, like uh, the Cold War again or something. All right, here we go. Mm-hmm. Right. In the year 2777, the Earth existed in a totally different atmosphere. Due to nuclear wars and natural disasters, the population decreased dramatically and only five small islands existed on the surface of the Earth. Those five islands formed a nation and for hundreds of years, people lived peacefully. The new nation is called Xexes. At Xexes, aside from human beings, human beings, kind of like pinto beans, sorry, uh, <laughs> there exists fairies and spirits who lived under the ruling of King Zeu, Zeu Star. But one day, Xexes was attacked by the mechanic fortress Garuza from outer space. Xexes did not have many weapons to fight back and was forced to surrender. Garuza built mechanic castles on each island, captured a queen from each island, and confined them. King Zustar was murdered, and his only daughter, Maria Star, has been missing <laughs> since then. Battle soldier Apollo could not endure the cruel treatment of Garuza any longer. So he put on his space battle suit and challenged the mechanic beast's empire. So, all these weird names, and then Maria. the daughter's name is Maria. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she, she sounds like a like a, a some kind of pop artist. Maria, Maria Star. Star. Yeah, it does sound like that. So there's five islands. Do you, I didn't. I didn't notice. But are they? Is the nation called Xexes because each island is starts with the first letter of the thing? There, like, is there two X named islands, an E named island, and Y and a Z? Oh, I don't know. That might be too deep. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Well, anyways, so that's um, that is the story of this game. I find somewhat fascinating it's, it's not too bad yeah i mean yeah it's it's an interesting take on a story about a fisherman and a turtle yeah um, so uh you know so you're in this game you play as apollo it's basically uh-huh. the, it's basically super mario brothers you're apollo and you need to save the queen or the prince the daughter the princess Right. 
the king being murdered is pretty intense. I mean, that's a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not that common in a in an NES game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he was murdered. <laughs> they yeah. use the word murdered. Yeah, I mean oh, they man. they explicitly say he was murdered. They don't say, <laughs> you know, he was beat up or he was kidnapped destroyed. or destroyed yeah. or exiled. There's a lot of ways they could have went with that. They went with murder. <laughs> Might as well. All right. All right. So the, this game, I, I guess I'm going to describe it. Actually, you know what? Time out. I think I got a better idea. This is Dude Bag's episode, right? And mm-hmm. we, a long time ago, if you recall, remember he did like a World War II reenactment with NES characters? Oh, yeah. You remember mm-hmm. that? Okay, well, uh-huh. he did a he did a sequel. Okay. Oh. Yeah, he did. I and I have neglected to play it for a long time now because we've been running we've run long on episodes. And I don't feel like it's the right time. Well, tonight I think it's the right time. We're talking about an epic battle here with the Zexies. Mm-hmm. So I think it's time we uh, we play dude bags. Whoops. Yep, that's right. I played a little too soon. All right, here we go. Dude bag. He this time. Remember last time I read it. This time he read it. So a little I'm little excited. preface. Little preface for those listening that don't remember. Uh, what he did was he went on Facebook and he asked for NES Nintendo game characters to fill in the role of various countries, right? Mm-hmm, right. So like France and Germany and all this stuff, right? So now yeah. he's going to recount the, I believe it's whatever the whichever world war we he didn't do last time, through the through the role of uh, Nintendo character. It's gonna be great. Here we go. Yeah. Hello, everybody out there. This is my call, dude bag, uh, coming to you on the Two Dudes in a Nest podcast. Bringing you today a story about uh, World War One, told from the perspective of some of our favorite and some of the more obscure Nintendo characters. I did a little contest not too long ago, uh, similar to the one I did uh, earlier in the year. Uh, you might remember the first one was telling World War Two from the perspective of Nintendo characters. So, in honor of the hundredth anniversary of the end of World War One, this past. Veterans Day, I decided to do the same thing with World War One. I, I want to uh, give a shout out to all of our veterans uh, that are D-Patters and honorary dudes, and all of our uh, all of our vets. My great grandfather served in the First World War, and so uh, Veterans Day has particular special meaning to my family. So here we go, World War One nest style. A long time ago, and I got, um, no, no, wrong story. Uh, let me see here, <laughs> give me a minute. Um, ah, here it is. The story of the Great War from the perspective of our Ness favorites. In today's story, we have the following characters in the following roles. The United Kingdom, represented by Mega Man, and Samus Aran will represent Australia and New Zealand. France is represented once again by Joe Glass. Belgium is represented by Rygar. Russia is played by Karnov once again. 
Germany is portrayed by Von Kaiser. Little pun joke there. Maybe some of you will get it if you're history buffs. Italy is portrayed by Luigi Mario. Turkey is Donkey Kong. Serbia is Wario. The Austro-Hungarian Empire is portrayed by Jumpman Mario. Mario and Luigi's dad by some uh, popular Ness mythologies. And the Archduke uh, Ferdinand of Austria is Soundboard Mario. Uh-oh. Oh, no. And later in the show, we'll have guest appearances with uh, uh, Snoopy uh, from, I believe, the game is Snoopy Sports, uh, representing American pilots flying for France and uh, the United Kingdom. Uh, they come in earlier in the war, and then Bionic Commando representing General Pershing and the American Expeditionary Force. Let me get a drink of water here for a second. I think you took two drinks. So, yep. few decades before the terrible cataclysm in the arcade, known as Arcade World War II, which was instigated by Bionic Commando Hitler, there was another great war, which set the stage for the second. On the eastern side of the arcade, the game room was dominated by two rival powers, Karnov and Jumpman Mario. <laughs> Jumpman had an empire that was famous for its historical grandeur, but his glory days were gone. Many under his rule felt oppressed, especially his distant nephew, Wario. Now, Wario had become friends with great Karnov, and Karnov had agreed that if anyone ever threatened him, Karnov would step in and help. Now, old man Jumpman Mario was getting up there in years. He had even made peace with his old nemesis, Donkey Kong, and both sought control of the eastern block of the arcade. However, Jumpman's son, Soundboard Mario, was in line to the throne, and he was much more kind to the people under Jumpman's rule. That makes it ever so much more tragic when Wario sends two operatives... Bob and Bob from Bubble Bobble. I just... I don't know <laughs> oh, if I can, man. It's too sad. <laughs> Bub and Bob eat soundboard Mario and his wife, Princess Peach, alive. <laughs> oh, wow. Is a tragedy. That really Jim happened. Man in his grief, proceeds towards war with Wario. Though his other son, Luigi, had been allied to him, Luigi decides not to follow his father off to war. But soon it will become a war where Jumpman and Luigi, father and son, will be at war against each other. You see, as Karnov threatened to destroy Jumpman for threatening Wario, Von Kaiser, the up-and-coming leader in the middle of the room, promised to help Jumpman against Karnov. Von Kaiser was one that wanted to control the whole room. He believed that this was his moment to take advantage of the situation. And Danky, I mean Donkey Kong, even decided to jump in and help as well. Now, this is where things start to get gnarly. Karnov uh, had Glass Joe agree to help him in a war with Joe's arch nemesis, Von Kaiser. Von Kaiser, you see, is the one that gave Joe his glass jaw. Von Kaiser believes the best way to win is to take Glass Joe out of the western part of the room first and then bring everything he has against the great Karnov. Von Kaiser calls Karnov a circus freak, but then proceeds to move on Glass Joe. There was a problem, you see, to get at Glass Joe. 
Joe's most vulnerable spot. Von Kaiser first had to go past Rygar. But Rygar, in his understated power, refused to let the Kaiser pass. Rygar has a couple of friends, you see. Mega Man and Samus Aran. Well, you can probably guess what happened next. Mega Man and Samus are now in this mess as well. Now, years before, strategists in the old pinball side of the arcade had come to the conclusion that any war in the video gaming world would go so fast due to the speed of 8-bit technology that it would be over by Christmas. They were so wrong. That strategist, you see, was named Tommy. And though he sure plays a mean pinball because he's a pinball wizard. I'm sorry. Uh, He was blind to reality. Our video game heroes became engrossed in a terrible trench war. Now, some hope had come early in the war that it might end soon. That first Christmas, you see Von Kaiser and Mega Man and Glass Joe and all of the other video game characters got out of their respective trenches to exchange game cards and played some NES. Many thought this might bring peace. But after Von Kaiser gave Joe Glass a black eye and Mike Tyson's punch out one too many times, it became evident that things would be going on this way for a while. Now, way on the western side of the room, past the water fountain, Bionic Commando and Snoopy watched the show with some interest. Snoopy wanted to help, but Bionic Commando felt that the conflict would just hurt their side of the room too much. But Snoopy goes ahead and flies on behalf of Glass Joe and Mega Man. He is especially interested in shooting down the Red Baron. They have many adventures, but that is a story all its own. Mega Man has his main squeeze, Samus Aran, attack Donkey Kong, thinking it will be a sure thing. But instead, he sees his love badly bruised near the stairs called Gallipoli. Donkey Kong, you see, was smart, and he stood at the top of the stairs, throwing barrel after barrel at poor Samus. It will take some time for Samus to recover. Meanwhile, the trench wars kept going and going and going on and on. wait what (laughs) von kaiser just destroyed a supply cart from bionic commando you knew he couldn't just stay out of it it was called the lusitania and it also had some (laughs) bionic commando's best buds on it this is war about this time the great karnov tired of the monotonous fighting changes his pantaloons from brown to bright red he starts calling everybody comrade for some reason and mumbles about some guy named Marx. Anyway, he goes home, and pretty much everyone in the arcade avoids him. They're afraid that they might catch a virus. Anyway, Snoopy is in a dogfight, pun intended, with the Red Baron. But he's losing. Suddenly, Samus Aran does her friend Snoopy a solid and shoots the Red Baron down with her arm cannon. And now Bionic Commando has arrived in all his strength since the destruction of the Lusitania. Bionic Commando knew that this would be war. And so on November 11th, on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918, he and Mega Man, Samus Aran, Rygar, 
Joe Glass, Luigi, yeah, we didn't say much about him other than he was one of the good guys. With Snoopy in the air, swoop in. They grab Von Kaiser by the chest hairs. They beat the living snot out of him. <laughs> Joe Man and Donkey Kong had sometime earlier become so weak that they could no longer fight. So the great war of the arcade came to a close. Now as peace proceedings began, Bionic Commando and Snoopy wanted a generous peace settlement so that there would be no hard feelings. They feared that if there were too many uh, demands put upon Von Kaiser, that bitterness might set in and, and another great war might happen. But the others all felt particularly outraged at Von Kaiser for all the trouble he caused. So as punishment, he had to retire from the fighting circuit. Weekly was required to give up all of his quarters to the other games. And he had to regularly report for a ritual spanking. Oh, that's kind of strange. <laughs> well, this, this all made Bionic Commando and Snoopy very uncomfortable. So they both walked out of the League of Day, I mean, video games. <laughs> And time passes. Many in the arcade are lured into a false sense of peace. But in the back corner, one of Von Kaiser and Jumpman's lieutenants, Bionic Commando Hitler, begins to scheme for plans of revenge and world domination. The stage is now set for the beginning of the second great arcade war. The end. That was great. Wow. Hold on. Do I have an applause? No. We, why haven't I gotten an applause? Here. Here, dude. That should be, yeah. Here, you can have, uh, here, you can have Garth Brooks screen. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> have, have, have we mentioned how awesome our listeners are before? Because that was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I know. That was really good. I mean, I know it was like 10 minutes long, and some people may have thought, oh, it just goes on and on. But I thought every bit of it was great. It was great. It took a lot of time and a lot of effort, and uh, that's just awesome. Yep, I agree. Anyways, in the soundboard Mario bit, because that's the exact... He somehow he squeezed in the same bit that we used way back when we killed off soundboard Mario. I know. That's, that's a throwback. I yeah. like it. All right. So now we can go back to talking about sexies. All right, so let's jump into this game. Let's talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about what it is first. So it's it is a well, it's a, a lot of things in one, really. It is a yeah. side-scrolling shooting jumping game, right? But then yeah. on occasion, you climb into a mech suit, or you climb on top of some kind of animal, flying animal, and it turns yeah. into like Gradius all of a sudden, and you're yeah. flying and shooting. You're, yeah, it's a it's a it's a weird mixture. They use it. It's really interesting. So you, the platforming is like, it's almost like uh, figuring out uh, like patterns and things, and uh, it's it's kind of like a puzzle, I guess. Is what I'm trying to say, figuring out uh, you know where to go, uh, what areas to shoot in particular. Yeah, there's a lot of to doors get, to go into mm-hmm, to get almost the proper too many doors. doors. In my yeah, opinion, but that's we'll, good, we'll get to that. That's going to be, yeah. So you're you're shooting like these little uh, boxes, and then a door pops up, and then you get in at that door to get a key. They will open another door. That if they get to another place, 
And then that place has a whole bunch of patterns that you have to, and sequences that you have to do in particular order in order to get through them. Yeah, that place is a uh, maze. Okay, this is really, I can right. already tell, this is really confusing to somebody who hasn't played this game. Yeah, it's really, so, okay. yeah. So when you play the game, it's really not that confusing. It's, it's kind of tricky, but so let's see if we can explain this better. Because it's this kind of, I'm realizing as we're starting to talk about this, it's really hard to explain what it is. Uh, so you're a little spaceman in a suit, and you can shoot, and you can get different weapons. And it's a, you, you start off, the first level is kind of like a, it's just a normal type of level where you're just going left to right kind of for the most mm -hmm. part and you're shooting enemies but there's all these doors you can go into every level has just a ton of doors right. so you go in these doors and in each door there could be in any number of things it could be a shop it could be just some fairy wanting to help you out it could be a mini boss or it could be there's one particular door you have to go into and you go into it by shooting a block until it turns into a, a door or something or a, or a door opens up right. after right. you shoot this block so there's one particular block in each level that you can shoot that will turn open up a door now if you go into that door right. you face a statue thing and it's always a statue thing it's called and but i think it's called like a demon in the game or something like that or a devil yeah they call it a demon yeah yeah and if you beat that guy then you unlock the the castle Remember in the in the story we talked about each island has a castle. Well, if right. you beat the statue guy, the demon, then you can un open up the castle. So when you go right. in the castle, the castle is almost like a maze because there's a bunch of different doors you can go through, or mm -hmm. air ducts you can go into. And when you figure right. out the maze of that castle, then you get, end up getting you jump into like a mech suit, right? Right. And then you fly through the castle in a mech suit. And then if you get to the end of the <laughs> castle, then you face a boss. Well, I'm, if I'm trying to, it's been a while since I played it because we we got all, yeah. we were supposed to record like a week and a half ago. But I think you face a boss and then you fly, or is it the backward, or is it the other way? No, you face a. No, you face the boss after you start flying. Okay, so you make it through the castle, then you fly on some sort of creature, like a a bird or a fish or something like that, right? Or a dolphin. Right, uh, and then you fly on that, and then you fight a boss at the end of that. Right, very convoluted. But what it does, you're right. That that cleared everything up. Did it? No, it didn't. Did it. <laughs> <laughs> that was so confusing. I'm so sorry. <clears throat> right. Basically, what it's, it does is it makes the game is there's a lot of different pieces, and it's a varied game. So when you're playing it, you get to do a lot of different things. Yeah, and here's the thing, like, it's confusing when you try to explain it, is what I'm trying to, is, is what I've just now figured out, but when you're playing it, it's not that confusing, like, there are patterns and things that you need to do, and you need to figure out, like, certain areas, but it's not really that confusing, it's pretty straightforward, yeah. uh, once you kind of figure out what you need to do. I agree, like, I didn't even have to, I didn't really have to look at the manual, or I didn't have to, um, I didn't have to use a guide or anything, it's kind of self-explanatory when you're playing it, because, yeah. like, for example, the very first level, you go into one of the doors, because it's, it's pretty obvious that there are doors that you can go into, they're just there, mm -hmm. so you go into one of the doors, and a fairy tells you exactly what you need to do, it says, find a block, and shoot it five times, mm -hmm. and... Door, the door to the demon will open up and it tells you that this is an, on every level they'll, they'll do that so it's kind of like it explains it to you while you're playing the game yeah 
and it's it, the game you know it, it, after you play it for a while and you get the different levels it really kind of repeats itself it's almost kind of the same thing over and over again yeah um, it is it's it's basically you know you find the door you find the square to shoot to open the door to get the key to get to the castle you do the flying thing shooting you face a boss and then you do the same thing over again uh a few times in a row <clears throat> which i didn't get very far in this game but that appears to be kind of the gist of it i didn't get super far either and the reason being the bosses uh are really difficult yeah. like the ones that you fight whenever you stand on like the little floating platform mm-hmm. so at some point in the level your little your little spaceman is like standing on this floating platform you get to move it around and that's where you fight a mm-hmm. boss mm-hmm. and the bosses and the boss some bosses are pretty tricky i had trouble so i didn't really make yeah. it very far either and they shoot multiple like fireballs or, or shots or whatever at, at a time so they're pretty difficult um I I thought the difficulty of this game was pretty was pretty high, and I almost think that it was maybe because of the controls were weren't that great, like the jump me- mechanic. I didn't really like. Yeah, I had uh, trouble. It seemed with, like you had to that. be. It seemed like you had to be very precise in certain areas with your jump, and uh, it just it got frustrating. And then, and, and there's other, you know, areas in the platformer where there was multiple enemies screen that it really got challenging. Um, and, which and is, I, I think, a, sorry, I ahead. think it's a feat by Hudson Soft. You know, this is a 1988 game, and they had like a lot of action going on on the screen at one time. However, I do think that there was a fault that came to that, which I don't know. I'm sure you noticed this. But there was a lot of flicker on this game. Yeah, a lot of flicker, a lot of slowdown. And I, I was about to ask that. I didn't know if it was just my demo mode that was yeah. doing that, or I think it does that in the real game. Uh, I yeah. haven't played. I haven't put my copy in because uh, mm-hmm. demo mode is just so much easier. But I do wonder. I think it's just part of the game because there's just so much going on sometimes. Yeah, it, it's just like. It, it just it, it got a, it got to a little excessive, and I think it I think it really is due to the fact that they had so much going on and on on screen at, at any given time. Oh yeah, that it was just passing the capabilities of it, which is one way I admire the boldness, maybe I guess of that. But it's like at the other way, it just didn't work. So I'd rather you just I'd rather you use less and make it more aesthetically pleasing, I guess. And, and, um, more functional, I guess. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, and that does happen quite a bit because they just throw a lot of enemies at you sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's also like a lot of cool... Some of the weapons in this game are really unusual for... Like, they're not things that I would normally think I would see in a game like this. Like, you would expect, uh, you'd expect a regular shot and then maybe like a spread shot, like a machine gun shot, something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But this game has like you have like a bouncy ball and like a ball that goes in a wave and a ball that spins around you. Uh, there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of weird weapons. There's a high jump boots and like a yeah mirror, the foot like, wings yeah yeah like a some kind of weird mirror effect where like a another version of you stands on your head. Yeah, so there's like two of you and there's like another power up where you can uh, turn into like a tornado or something. Mm-hmm. 
uh, yeah. there's a lot of strange power-ups, which I kind of liked. Uh, strange power-ups, it's innovative. I will give them that. I think the game is very innovative. Yeah. Um, I, you especially know, for 1988. Yeah, and we'll talk about it here in a little bit, the graphics on this game, but let's hold off on that until we're done talking about the gameplay. But uh, That'll be something else to talk about here in just a minute especially in terms of 1988. So here's my question, and I don't know this. I know we've, we've discussed the game on, on the show before, but is this game before or after Gradius? I think it is... I'm, I'm pull, after. Oh, it's after. Yeah, yeah. Gradius is 1985. So, Because right. um, there's definitely some similarities in the way this game is as, as far as the shooter, the shooting in the ship thing or whatever you're in at, at any given time yeah. uh, with, with Gradius. Um, that's certainly true. Um, but, uh, you know, one thing that kind of struck me is uh, Xexes. You know, I know he's supposed to be a, or not Xexes, I'm sorry, Apollo. Uh, is You know, he's supposed to be like this uh, astronaut, right? Mm-hmm. You know what he looks like to me? A duck. A, uh, well, that, yeah. <laughs> he also looks like he's wearing one of those plague masks, you know, the mask that they oh, wore yeah. when the plague was going on. But no, what I was thinking was, uh, he looks like he's like wearing a knight's outfit. Like, is he a knight? Well, he is he's a, a uh, space warrior or something like that, right? Soldier. He's an astronaut knight? Yeah, he's like a, a space soldier. I thought he looked really cool, personally. I don't know. He just looked weird to me. I, I don't know if it was just... I mean, yeah, it, it looked dark. So. Well, I thought he looked cool. He had like a little antenna sticking out the back of his head. Yeah. For his radio, man. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I know what it's for. But... <laughs> <laughs> not stupid. So what do you think? What do you think about, like, the added elements of, like, going in and getting money or whatever this was? It's like you get, uh, you know, bee, you know, balls or whatever yeah. to buy other things. Was it, were they bee balls or were they e-balls? I couldn't tell. The graphics were e-balls. a little... Yeah, yeah, e-balls. I think they're e-balls. Uh, well, well, I'll tell you, that my, probably my biggest complaint with this game is there's way too much going in and out of doors and like spending the B balls or the E ball money and this and that and the other, I would have like, I would have much preferred a more straightforward game. I think I I am right there with you. That's one of my bigger complaints was like, that's kind of what I was alluding to when they were trying to do so much on the screen and there was flicker and things like they tried to do so much with this game. It's like they decided it's like they took like four or five guys who had like ideas for games and they were like you know what let's make one game with all of our ideas yeah and you know like they took like you know this kind of almost like role-playing kind of feature with the money and the cutscenes and things and and they took the shooter and then the platforming and it's like well, we're just gonna take them all we're gonna make one game it's like oh this seemed like a lot and it, it took away from what it could have been, I think, just because there was just so much going on. You didn't know what was important to do and what you could just blow through. Yeah. And it just, yeah, that, that, that's probably my, my biggest complaint was there's just, it's fun and it's 
you know, just basic elements, but at the, at the same time, there's just was too much. Yeah, I'd, so if there were two things I could change, and that I think would make this game a whole lot better, is I would change the physics of the jumping. I think it's mm-hmm. the it's a little too loosey goosey for me, and I need a little mm-hmm. bit something a little more tight, in my personal yeah. opinion. But I kind of got used to the jumping, so I, I can't really knock that too much. I didn't like the fact that you could press up and jump to jump higher when there's all these doors to go into. Because sometimes I would try to jump up and jump and then I'd just go into the door and it, it kind of got frustrating at times. But mm-hmm. also, the main thing I would change is I, is I like the fact that you go through one level and then you go through like a maze level and then you fly. I like jumping in the mech and flying. I like the flying mm-hmm. segments of the game. I like how it transitioned to that. I thought that both segments were pretty fun to play, but uh, I just, the doors, I, the doors and finding the secret door to fight the demon. The one thing I would change is I would make the first level of each island, I would make it straight through, right? You just play through it. It's a platform shooter. And then at the end of that level, you fight the demon mm-hmm. and then you go on to the castle or it's like a maze. I would keep the castle a maze because I thought that was okay. I thought that was pretty fun. A nice little change of pace. I would keep the flying mm-hmm. stuff. I would just get rid of all those doors and the money system. I just didn't like it. Yeah. It just not it in this it. game. I didn't like it. It was just too much. Just too much. Yeah. But I still stand by. I think at its element, just the the platforming and the shooting aspects were fun. Yes, I agree. But I just would have rather, I guess, instead of in the platforming. Uh, uh, levels I would have rather it just be like a you know start to finish goals that you had to get to not like find a key and then find a you know the four star yeah just give me a point A to point B goal like a you know instead of this kind of cockamamie kind of deal yeah I agree I mean I think think, uh I think so, the effort just that step there. would have been a big, yeah. pretty big step, you know, would have, would have been a, a good positive. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if maybe they were trying to differentiate themselves a little bit, if that's what was going on. They were trying to, but it's just something about the doors thing just ruins the pace of the game for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what's not ruining Arnold Schwarzenegger riding a bike, chasing a little miniature horse. That's right. That's one of the funniest things I've seen all week. <laughs> <laughs> He's just casually riding his bike behind the little And the music, door. the little the song. Yeah. I should have been a cowboy. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I feel oh, bad for his, little, for his pony, though. <clears throat> you, know, you know that's probably stressing it out. Yeah, that's true. But is he chasing it or is he just riding along with it? I don't know. Or are they just strolling? The video does not tell us, but he does feed yeah. it a carrot at the end, so I guess it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. Uh, how about, uh, let's talk about the graphics and the sound and the music. Let's talk about the sound and the music first. What did you think about it? I did not like the music. So the music was just, it, it kind of got annoying to me. The first level really was not a good song to me. I, I had high hopes for it because the title screen music was really good. And I yeah, thought, well, this game has m- good music. That was my exact it, thought. 
then it kind of fell flat on its face. I felt like when the the title screen comes on, that music for the title screen is awesome. Mm -hmm. And then the music during the game was just kind of meh. Yeah. It just, it was fell flat. Yeah. Maybe they set themselves, maybe they set themselves up too good with that intro song. Cause that, they picked, yeah. That title screen song is, is pretty good. You know you're supposed to pick like you know. Yeah, it's like it's it's a it's a rule that bands have played for for many of years, and that is you don't put your best song at one, right? No, you save it for the encore. You save it, yeah. You save it for later in the album. Let them make them listen for it. Don't 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 uh, give them everything right out the gate. Well, sexies did not did not follow that, right? Uh, but the the cream of the crop for me in regards to this game is I love the graphics in this game. The you graphics know, are really you know how I am with color in an NES game, and how mm-hmm. I love lots of use of color in the NES game, and this yeah. game it it kills it. As far as colors go, I know that some of the levels are kind of bland and most of the castles kind of look the same, but dude, those bosses are awesome. The bosses are amazing. Yeah, it's almost. I know it's not a Metro, a Metrovania game, but it almost looks aesthetically like a Metrovania game, you know? In the bosses and things like that. I thought it was kind of. It just had that kind of feel. It's not, like I said, it's not a Metrovania game. It just, it just had that kind of feel with the, the sprites and things. You so, mean just like Metroid game, not Metroidvania? Right? Yeah, Metroid. Yeah, yeah Metroid. Right. Metroid. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, that, those bosses are just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And even though the I didn't get to, uh, even though I didn't get to beat it, um, we got to talk about the final battle. Uh, did you watch it? Did you watch anything on YouTube about it? I didn't see the final battle. No. Okay, so the final battle completely changes everything. Like, it's, it is its own unique uh, fight. So, like, all the other oh, yeah? parts of the game are side-scrolling and, like, a platformer or mm-hmm. a side-scrolling shooter or something. Well, the last battle, I wish I could have made it there, but the last battle completely changes the formula entirely, and it puts you behind the ship. Like, you're in a ship, and it puts you behind the ship, kind of like a Top Gun. And you're oh, shooting I did at see the, this. Yeah, yeah. And you're shooting at the boss, and it is—it's pretty cool that they changed it up so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did see this. Um, yeah, that—that that is pretty cool. Um, so yeah. Anyways, yeah. I just had—I just had to bring that up because yeah. I was looking at all the bosses. Definitely cool. And one other thing, uh, I'm—I I thought about not mentioning it. Uh, since this is family friendly, but uh, we'll go ahead and do it since we've been a little risque this episode. I think I know where this game gets its name. The bathtub scene? Yeah, yeah. there's plenty of bathtub scenes. This game is sexies because there are times <laughs> when you can find a hot babe in a bathtub. <laughs> it's kind of weird. She's really big she, too. She's like a lot She's very big for that bathtub and definitely very big for you. <laughs> like as, the, as Apollo. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. That's weird. Yeah. Eh. But yeah, that that, that was kind of random. Kind of weird. That was, was pretty I, cool. That kind of threw me off a little bit. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, well, I guess uh, that's pro- I think a, that's a pretty good talk about the game. I think I've said most of everything I need to say. I, I must yeah. reiterate though that the graphics are are pretty good, and those the graphics mainly on those boss characters uh, that's pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, of course they did drop everything out of the back. That's just a black background. So they dropped any kind of sprite work away, other than the boss, your character, yeah. and any projectiles. That's true. So they got rid of any backgrounds, and uh, it, but it really kind of makes the the character stand out with the black background. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's kind of weird. It's kind of like a vacuum that you're fighting in, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's exactly what it is. So, all right. But anyway, anyways, moving on. How about we uh, decide? Is it worth it? Do you know how much this game goes for these days? So there's kind of a range on this game from about ten to twenty dollars, so we'll cut it in the middle, about fifteen bucks. Okay. Um, like I said, I got mine in a lot, so I think I probably ended up paying like based on all the games, I think I probably ended up with like eight eight or nine dollars for the game. Maybe. Yeah. If you averaged all the games. Uh, but yeah. I've seen the, I've seen this game out a lot. It's, it's at a lot of the retro game stores, and I've seen it out and about. So it's not like it's a very uncommon game. It's pretty common. Yeah, I, I would. I think it's worth it on the ten dollar range, but not on the twenty dollar range. If I'm cutting it in the middle, fifteen, I think it's a coin toss. If you really, if you know, you're you're collection's pretty expansive and you're wanting to try something new i think it's worth 15 but uh you know if you're limited in what you can get for 15 then I'm, i wouldn't recommend it that's a good that's a pretty good assessment i think it's worth it at 15 but i'm, I'm kind of like you it's more for somebody who already has a lot of the better games that you can get for that price range mm-hmm. and is looking to kind of flesh it out with something else yeah, uh, this game is totally worth it as far as it's a quality game for for that price. I think it's I don't think you'd go wrong getting it. I just think mm-hmm. that it, there may be some stiff competition at the especially at the twenty dollar range. But, yeah. But all in all, I think I'd say it's worth it. Definitely. Is that a train? Uh, uh the, the TV just got really loud. All of a sudden, I think. <laughs> okay. I was hoping it was a train. No, I don't live in. I'm moving, but no train. Okay. Right. Still no train. I don't know if the, I don't see trains in Lexington. Actually, does Kentucky not have any trains? I'm sure there is, but I just don't. Like, I really don't recall. Like, actually, I think I do remember seeing like one train tracks, but it's like well far away from where I live. It's but, a bad part of town. You know, it's funny, like, you know, uh, maybe it's just because I grew up in Loudoun and, you know, Knoxville, but it's like, I always feel like, you know, trains or train tracks are always around. I don't really see them up here. Hmm. So, okay. anyway. We got a lot of trains down here. Yep. Well, you know, Loudoun was actually like a big train depot back in the day. Yeah. It's still there. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Hold on. Timeout. Before we move on to retrofitted trophies, <laughs> we got to talk about Loudon for a minute. Our hometown. Oh, boy. and the feral Don't get cats. Into controversy. There's the controversy. 
<laughs> the disposal of feral cats. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so if it, uh, we won't get into it too deep because it's still an ongoing investigation. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you thought that pigs roaming the neighborhood was bad, we have um, city officials fighting against citizens over feral cats and what to do with them. Yeah. Some feral cats may have been disposed of. <laughs> and, and, uh, in a complete, you know, and look, I don't know. I don't know the story. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't know anything about it, but I'll tell you this. It, it was done in a humane way. They didn't put them in a sack, and throw them in the river here. Right. It was, you know, it was done in a humane way. The disposed of not is not, the right, right not the right word just saying, to use, but right. it's, it's the funny way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it, they weren't, they weren't just like, they didn't take a, you know, 22 down there and just go hog wild or anything. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, but which anyways. would be some people in Loudon's solution to feral cats. Let's well, be yeah, honest. that's the typical solution to feral cats. <laughs> feral anything, really. Yep, anything that moves, you know, a little slow. Man, that uh, so there's the there's just another little tidbit about where Justin and I come from. We got pigs in the neighborhoods, yeah. and uh, we got feral cat situations that have to Front be dealt page, with. Page paper. People are have been suspended, yeah, in their in their positions. <laughs> over, people have hammer. resigned from their jobs because of <laughs> the disposal of feral cats and whether or not it was done the right way, or should yes. have been done at all. <laughs> right, it's a hundred percent right. Yeah. Anyways, I just thought that was hilarious, and I know uh, yeah. some listener yeah. out there will get a kick out of that. Yeah. If you're interested, you know, look it up. Yep. Loudon, Tennessee, feral cats. That's all you got to type in. Something will come up. Yeah. I feel like, like you said the other day when you texted me about it, it's like if, if David Letterman, like this, you know, hey, he did the small town newspaper things, like this would be a perfect one for him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. City officials. I think the headline was like city officials under fire for handling of feral cats or yeah. something. <laughs> uh, I think this is the perfect time for... Um, Tangent alert! I should have been using that this whole time. Oh, man. Yeah. I keep forgetting. He gives he gives, he gives, gives, and we don't use it. The No Swear Gamer gave us something so awesome, and I just keep forgetting to use it. Tangent yeah. alert! All right. All right. How about some retrofitted trophies? You know what All this right. game needs? Some retrofitted trophies. Do you have some? I do. All right. Give them to me. What at least uh, one? What? Give me one. Uh, this is better than odor eaters, and that is get the foot wings. Mm, better than odor eaters. All right. Uh, I want to say, how about uh, take a chill pill? And that is save a fairy because it looks like there, she's c- captured inside of a little pill. Oh, there you go. Uh, my next one is Tasmanian Devil. And that is get the typhoon uh, power up. Okay. I like you that. You turn into like a little tornado. 
Yeah, you do. That's very true. Uh, I'm gonna get um, play play with the balls like you're five years old, and that is get the bouncy ball. Because <laughs> you know how you play with oh, bouncy balls. Uh, yeah, oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. We could have went another way with that. <laughs> oh, maybe, my, but we didn't. So my, shut up. <laughs> mine is uh, spy versus spy, which is get the mirror power up, which looks like. I just realized, like the the uh, Apollo kind of looks like one of the spies from Spy vs. Spy. Oh uh, yeah, he kind of does a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna get one called. Um, are we sure this isn't Metroid? And that is obtain the Wave Ball, which shoots kind of like uh, the Wave Shot in Metroid. <laughs> like it. All right, I'm done. I'm out. Okay, uh, I got one more. It's called Balls Galore, and that is collect uh, 999 balls, e-balls. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, Balls Galore. A lot of balls in your uh, retrofitted derbies. Well, you know me. I like a lot of balls. <laughs> All right, let's give this a rating. No game is worthy until the dudes have spoken. It's time for the game rating. How do you want to rate this game? Uh, let's see. Top of ball? Sure. I can go with balls. Okay. Um, I'm going to go tennis ball because not only can you play tennis with a tennis ball, but the tennis ball is kind of a multi-purpose ball. There's a lot of things you can do with it. You can play with your dog, fetch. You can play, um, even baseball with a a tennis ball. You can can throw it it against the wall. You can put it underneath your chair so your chair doesn't scratch the floor. Oh, don't scuff in the floors. That's Mm -hmm. right. Um, and you know, this is kind of an all purpose game because there's so many different elements to it. Okay, there you go. I like it, that's pretty good. Uh, well, since we're doing balls, uh, I want to give it a basketball because it's March Madness, baby, and Tennessee is still in the tournament. That's right, just got through whooping up on poor dude Purcell's Iowa Hawkeyes. That's right, sorry, dude Purcell, but uh. Well, we just, I, I whooping up is probably the wrong term because we just barely won in overtime, but we still won after blowing a twenty-five point lead. Yeah, yeah, but we're still in it. So, oh man, listen. So the um, the regional play Thursday night, seven thirty, in Louisville, Kentucky, just an hour from where I live. I'm oh, I'm really you going? To go. I want to really bad. It's about $130 for a ticket. That's pretty pricey. So, yeah, but you get two games because you get to see the 10 o'clock game too, the Virginia-Oregon game. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. My bracket's oh, still I, alive. I, Is yours? Uh, my Final Four is still alive. Um, and I, I'm doing pretty good. So I had uh, Duke... Um, 
No, I did not have Duke. I had Michigan State, Gonzaga, Tennessee. Tangent alert. Yep. <laughs> do you have Tennessee in your final four? Yeah, I do. I have Tennessee winning it all. Do you really? I don't really think that's going to happen, but I, see, I wasn't that bold. See, well, mine is just for it's for work, and uh, mm-hmm. if you if you whatever team you pick to win is the symbol for your on your bracket. And I wanted my symbol uh, to be Tennessee. So, I mean, really, you should have because if you think about it, not only if they win it all, are you going to be super happy because Tennessee won it all, but you also get bragging rights because you predicted it. Yeah, if Tennessee wins it all, I'm Said probably going to win. I'm probably going to win the uh, bracket challenge mm-hmm. at work because nobody else yeah. predicted Tennessee to win. Right. It'd be something. I just want us to get to the Final Four. I'd love it just to, to say that we got to the Final Four. That'd be awesome. That would be pretty but, awesome. Uh, we got, two, we got uh, our toughest game, I think, is going to be against Purdue. I think I'm more worried about Purdue than I am uh, Virginia if Virginia gets past Oregon. Yeah, so. me too. See, I was the only team that I've missed so far in the Sweet 16 is Villanova. And I was hoping, I actually had them going all the way up and facing us. And that's actually just kind of, I think that was more just hopes and dreams that maybe they'd make it to us and then we could beat them. But uh, yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Anyways, how about we go back to talking about real stuff? All right. And we'll do some feedback. It's time for D-Patter Feedback, because when you're a D-Patter, you're a D-Patter for life. Can I just say also, before we talk about uh, the feedback from the D-Patters, that Phil, the No Swear Gamer's latest, these segment intros that he's given us here, they're perfect. I love them. I I almost don't want to use anybody else's, because they're just so great. They They make me feel so good. Uh, about our podcast you know he had those old ones where he kind of bashed us a little bit but then these are great yeah I like them so anyways I, I'd like to take a moment then and I uh, recommend everybody go check out the No Star Gamer on YouTube give him a Garth Brooks oh yeah I yeah hold on let me give him a Garth Brooks <coughs> gave him two yeah gave him two alright all right, so on the Facebook page, or group, I'm sorry, we have Michael Butino, who says, easily one of my favorites on the NES. Cannot count the amount of times I've played it. Daniel Walker says, I've never heard of it, but that title's got to be a joke. How would you even pronounce that? It's either the name of a new prescription medicine or <laughs> the sound the Hudson Soft B makes when it's having a seizure. Um, Jan Ian Hook says amazing game and then he follows it up with Zexies is it pronunciation? Zexies Zexies I still think it's Zexies I think you're right Um, over on the Facebook page we have Joshua Tice who says I just realized I bought this game quite some time ago and never played it unfortunately I have that problem quite often I'll buy games and not play them for months or even longer I just simply don't have a lot of time to play games well love the podcast and keep up the good work 
Join the club, Joshua. Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, Steve Martinez says, This is one of my favorite NES games. The clues can be very vague, and the jumping takes a little to get used to, but it's an outstanding multi-genre game with lots of weird awesomeness. I love you, Bathtub Princess. John Simmons says, Fun game, great soundtrack, but confusing. Need a guide to complete it. Adam Duro says, Good game, but gets insanely difficult later on. And Jason Petros says, It was awesome. Never met anyone that knew about this game. And Chris Vanderhoff says, How do you pronounce it? Well, Chris, I think we've answered that question multiple times throughout the episode. Yep. So, uh, over on Twitter, we have AB who just gives us three thumbs up. And that's right. it. No Ryan Ballard this time. Really? Hmm. That's unfortunate. Yeah, no Ryan Ballard. Did yeah. we see? Did. Well, I guess I could check he Instagram no and the Honorary Dudes page as well, right? On Instagram. Which is where all the cool kids are these days. I think. What's that? I think I'm, I'm going to Instagram here, and I think that's where all the cool kids are these days. Oh, is it? No? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Mikra says, Dang, never heard of it. Can't pronounce it. Can't wait to hear what it's all about before going on a cart quest. And then in nice. the honorary dudes, did you do honorary dudes? Oh, no, I forgot about yeah, that. I, I, I got it. I got it pulled up. Uh, Peter Martin says, uh, yeah, never heard of this one. I swear, at one point I owned almost 40 games. I don't know where these games are coming from. <laughs> uh, Dude Bag says, so if you try to play with a standard controller, you may hate this pick of mine. But if you use a turbo controller, it becomes a great running gun or stopping gun. I'll have to double check on that one, dudes. Ah, we didn't even <laughs> mention that. Yeah. The, like the shooting you have to hit the button every time mm. you shoot so the flying oh yeah like the flying segments my thumb got so sore because i mm-hmm. uh, yeah so yeah I, but technically i guess mm, demo mode i probably could have switched to a turbo controller i just didn't anyways but he makes yeah. a good point the game does not uh shoot for you automatically you have to hit the button every time you want to shoot and that can get really frustrating yeah Anyways, Aaron Hickman says, excited to hear how the dudes pronounce this one. I had this one, pretty underrated, interesting mix of platformer slash space shooter gameplay. Very confusing at first, though, if you don't learn what you need to do to progress. Uh, well, Aaron, I didn't think it was all that confusing, and neither did Justin, so you must be a big dumb dumb. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, there's a village missing its idiot. <laughs> Hey, Aaron, <laughs> I saw the idiot today. store yeah, called and they're missing you. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just kidding, Aaron. All right. I love you. All right. I could see how it could be confusing if you didn't get it. For some reason, it just clicked with me. Okay, mm-hmm. so we've got two iTunes reviews to go over and one, two, three, four, five voicemails. Daggum. Oh, wow. Yeah. I guess we've got some work to do here. Yeah. What do you want to do first? It doesn't matter. Dealer's choice. All right, I guess we better do some voicemails. Because there's a bunch of them. Here we go. 
Hey dudes, this is Douchebag here. Just wanted to say I'm really excited about uh, you guys covering my game, Sexy. I know I might not sound all that excited right now. I've, you can probably tell I've got a cold. <laughs> Living in Southern uh, Illinois, and apparently in Southern Illinois, Mother Nature is uh, going through menopause. Some days she's cold, some days she's warm, and then there's some days she's cold and warm in the same day. Sounds so like Tennessee. But yeah, I'm really excited about you guys playing Zexy. Um, I hope you guys like it. Um, kind of what tuned me into it was actually whenever I beat uh, the Guardian Legend, I really loved that game. And I was looking around for another split genre game uh, that was kind of like that, and someone, I can't remember who, recommended Zexy's to me. And uh, whereas the Guardian Legend is kind of like, you know, Zelda is Zelda, and uh, Light Force, you know, had a baby. Uh, Zexy's is probably like if Mega Man and Grady uh, had a love child. So anyway, hopefully that's family friendly enough. Uh, so yeah, anyway, uh, hope to uh, call again soon and wouldn't mind hearing about some more uh, Pig Watch updates. Anyway, you guys take care. Bye. All right. So a couple things mm-hmm. on that voicemail. One, uh, in a minute and a half call, in a minute and a half voicemail that he left, he described the game way better than we did in like an hour and a half podcast. <laughs> so he did. Uh, yeah. But uh, the Mega Man and Gradius, I'm not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. But anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I yeah, that's true. And but uh, the Guardian Legend, that's a good uh, analogy. This game does kind of feel somewhat like that, but I think I kind of like that one better. Shout out to Power Trip Gaming for coming on to that one. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. here's here's another voicemail. Okay, that's a silent voicemail. So that knocked Sweet. that one out. That was an easy one to do. Here's another. One. Yep. Another silent voicemail. Okay. Yay. <laughs> we, we're just bl- plowing through them here. Just proof that there's no pre-production people. <laughs> yeah. I just, <laughs> I just, I, Google emails me whenever we get a voicemail. And so I just copy that link and paste it into our show notes. And then I just click on it when yeah. the show starts. So anyways, here we go. Show that your business is not verified. <laughs> Press one now so we can verify your business. <laughs> if you're the business owner, press one now. Are you if the your business account owner? is not verified, customers searching for your services on Google will not find your listing. Oh no! Press one now to verify your listing. Press oh boy! To be removed. From Maybe you should have taken this call. <laughs> the podcast may be over. For all I know. At this point, I didn't take that call. Uh, maybe I should start screening these. All right, here's no, one. I like it. We're fine. Okay, here's one more. And another silent. That's awesome. Well, All right, at least we, so got, we a, got a dude bag. We got a dude bag. Out of <laughs> we at least got a dude bag out of that. Yeah. And that was a great call. So, All right, we got two uh, iTunes reviews. Let's do it. Um, the first one is by Debo147 from the US of A. 
says, I love listening to your podcast, guys. I just recently started and you found and I just recently started and you got me from the first episode. Uh, Double Dragon was the best way to start the madness that brought many of us 80s babies. The frustration of leaving your nest turned on overnight with the hopes that your parents wouldn't see it and turn it off or even worse, leave (laughs) it on and run an errand to come back home to a blinking red light from the system resetting itself. Oh, how many times that happened to me. I feel you there, Debo. Five stars, by the way. Thank you. And then we got one from uh, Ness All The Way from Canada. Uh, It says, great show, guys. A few things I'd like to chip in about. You mentioned the following downsides to Metroid 1. Wow, that's an old episode. Thank you for listening back that far. Yeah. Okay, so he says, you mentioned the following downsides. One, there should have been a map. Two, there should have been an inventory page. Three, a save system should have been prioritized. Uh, I don't remember saying those things, but I believe it. Probably did, yeah. Uh, Let's see. And then he says, uh, it is important to know that these options were all discussed, but the amount of memory available on the cartridge was 30 uh, kilobytes, which made it totally impossible to implement any of those options. R&D1 had to find solutions to save space. For example, the gun ray is copied and pasted pasted and is facing right even when it's shot up or left. Also, Sakamoto wanted an animated opening with Samus running, gunning, and morphing into the morph ball, but they had to go with the title screen only. Your podcast is great. Keep up the good work. Simon's Quest soon? Question mark? Um, well, man, Metroid was a long time ago. So yeah, it was. Forgive us for our naive nature of thinking that people could just put anything they want to in a game. I'm assuming that at the time <laughs> they could not do such things. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. All right. That pretty much wraps it up, I think. All right. Good episode. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know what? You can find us on any of the social medias like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We'll read your feedback on the show. You can also. Go to our websites, twodudesinanest.com, nintendos.com, and twodudes.com. And, I don't know what twodudes.com uh, you, would take you to. Please don't go there just in case. It's not. Something. Oh, wait. That's not one? Oh, <laughs> twodudes.com would be great. It would be great if we had twodudes.com, but I, I'm afraid that that might end up taking you somewhere that you don't want to go. Yeah, don't go to that one. Never mind. Um. It's oh yeah, NES dudes. It's How many times have I done this and I screw it up? Well, whatever. Uh, like 152 times. Right. Uh, or you can go to our website and you can click on the phone button or call us at what number? Uh, that number is seven seven five seven retro one, or seven seven five seven seven three eighty seven sixty one. If your phone does not have letters on it. You know what I'm, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, yep. Leave us a voicemail, uh, or just call us and just breathe into the phone like four callers did this episode. Yep. We uh, don't. We don't mind it. Yep. Sh- oh well, you know what? I was going to do my usual shout out to the retro junkies, but I guess we could. I don't know if we're allowed to make this announcement or not, but I'll make it anyways. The retro junkies network is closing its doors after many years rob has decided to 
set everyone free. <laughs> yeah. The, the chains have been lifted. We're no longer tied to the Retro Junkies Network. We miss it. We're going to miss it. Uh, it was a very good collection of podcasts and a lot of good people on there. And we'll still be connected to all those people. You know, it's just mm-hmm. uh, the the cost of the cost of keeping it up and trying to keep everybody together and trying to keep everybody wrangled. And Rob, Rob's a great guy, but he's he's got two kids and stuff. And I think he was trying to do probably trying to do too much. And I think it's the Retro Junkies did a lot of good for our podcast and a lot of good for a lot of podcasts. But I think it's time it you know it's time for it to go its own way go your own way yep. yep so i support rob's decision which means we will no longer be shouting out retro junkies but what i will say is um do not listen to genesis gems they're probably the reason that the retro junkies most down. if i had to guess it's probably because rob got tired of nick and aaron's uh, you know got tired of their crap so uh, That's exactly right. So that podcast out there called the Genesis Gems can just, they can suck it. Yeah. So don't listen to <laughs> can them. Can you say that? I don't know. I didn't tell you what This has not been a very friendly, friendly <laughs> no. episode. Uh, yeah, I apologize. I mean, suck a, suck a, mm, egg. <laughs> egg. Just go suck an egg. Go suck an egg or a toad or something. I actually don't suck a toad. You might, you might get sick. Egg's good. <laughs> All right. Okay, but uh, shout out to the wee dude, or as he's known on YouTube, the wee guy for the awesome music. Shout out to the fox dude for awesome logos. And that's it. Here comes the music for the next game. Actually, I forgot to put it in there. So I'll put it in post. Bye, everybody. All right. Sweet. Bye.